Tub Talk is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. Email us at tubtalk at cageclub.me with questions, criticisms, riddles, trivia, dating advice, cryptozoology, ideas for future episodes, and more. Head over to cageclub.me to check out other shows and email us tubtalk at cageclub.me. Hello, welcome back to Tub Talk, episode six, maybe, maybe more than six. I don't know what I don't know how we're releasing these. This is Pop Culture Ranked. Today we are beginning our countdown of the hundred greatest songs of 2000 to 2018. With me, as always, Tom Mansuranis, Bob Fisher, and Matt Early. Hello, Hi. everyone. Nope. Hello. Bob's got a goldfish in his mouth. Ah, food goldfish. Does okay. anyone have any <laughs> 2018 gotta, songs? He's got a, no. I, I intentionally oh, did not pick Matt, any. You have, like, you have two, I think, right? Maybe. Did you? I think so. Can I start with No, an maybe on- last year? Maybe 2017. Yeah. My, my, I have an honorable mention right off the bat, which is Thank You Next by Ariana Grande, which I think is... Uh, it's a very good song. Like, an, an interesting uh, anthem of empowerment in that, like, like pop music oftentimes skews toward as abstract as possible in, in order to reach the broadest audience, but she's made it as personal as possible, which is, like, an appeal to social media age in which, like... You know, she's playing on the idea of like uh, everyone dissecting her relationships and stuff in public, and uh, it didn't make my list because it like like came out like a month ago or something like that. But it's a very it's a very like if not, I'm, I I think it's a good song, but it's also like more than good. It's an interesting song. Is that your so, favorite song of the year? Well, I'm gonna put it as a 101 on the list. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I haven't. I don't know that I've listened to that many songs this year. I really like that fiddler song uh too too real i think is the name of it the other thing about thank you next is that it's shockingly kind and mature for like right, for yeah. like a for like a pop breakup song also how does she, she do takes those, she takes the high road how does she do those ponytails without getting ha- headaches well, everyone she, i know she, who wears that kind of ponytail talks about how they have headaches all the she, time. she doesn't do the ponytail anymore she moved on oh fuck thank yeah, you next to that hairstyle you know a, what i mean <laughs> oh yeah that's a good joke joey but, all right let's but, start by the way, we're, time to mention that we're, we're white men yeah. and we're straight. <laughs> 35-year-old, uh, mid-30s, talking about Ariana 30s, Grande. Early 30s. All right. So we, 40. <laughs> so this time around, we learned from last run, 1980 to 1999, I think everybody capped their list at three artists, three of the same song, per, or three songs per artist, right? Is that is that what we did? I put the song on the list three times. <laughs> <laughs> Number one, two, and three, all R.E.M., the one I love, uh, but no, but you, everybody followed Mance's lead and only have the same artist because I, I did the stats, the same stats we did last time. So last time for eighty to ninety nine, there were two hundred and seventy one unique songs out of a possible three hundred. Today, two seventy eight, so just about the same. Still a fair number of crossover. There are some songs that are on all three lists, some songs that are on two lists. How many on all three? Two. Oh, I know both. Are those they songs. both? They're both outcast songs. They are both outcast songs, <laughs> which is what? which is surprising and also not surprising. Sometimes, some, oh, somehow, but uh, again, just you, you know, not to, to spoil too much, but the yeah, most that it's only two. Yeah. the most popular artist yeah. shouldn't come as a surprise from last time uh, is Radiohead. Radiohead is, I think, eight different songs, maybe seven. Or no, 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 eight times six different songs, I think, on these lists. So again, you know, straight white dude yep. with beards, a little bit, but you know, we're gonna get to it. If you want to follow along at home, playlist at cageclub.me. Go check it out. Tub Talk, 2018. All right, first up, Mance. We're gonna count down by in groups of five. Number one hundred, Cherry Blossom Girl by air yeah uh this is just a, a super bizarre song um the beat i i it, it, i don't know it, it's just disorienting even though it's a very straightforward uh, 
the beat, the melody is off kilter. The voice uh, is very, uh, you know, when the vocals come in in a second here, you'll hear it's kind of distorted and robotic, but also very like sweet and kind of beautiful sounding. Not a huge fan of Air generally, but this one album, Talkie Walkie, I think is what it's called, is yep. uh, is is uh, is a delight. Was this shit like on constant play when we lived together? Um, yeah, one of the years, yeah, because uh, well, it was on a soundtrack that I liked a lot at the time. Maybe Lost in Translation. Lost in Translation. Yeah, yeah this was a, a big college song. Cool. Next song. Sure. Number 99, Move Your Feet by Junior Senior. Yeah, this is the exact opposite of that air song. It's so much fun. It, it, it's just a ridiculously fun song to dance to. Uh, turn it up a little bit, Joey. Come on. Let's hear this. Yeah, I was going to say, let's let's pump it up. Yeah. Good. Like, across the place. Yeah. For all songs. It's just a feel-great dance sir, song. Sir, yes, sir. Cool. All right. Next song, number 98, Popular Mechanics for Lovers by Beulah. Uh, beautiful, like, summer weather song. Like, it, this just sounds, like, on a surface level, it sounds like uh, a drive, like, on a beach, in a beach town. Like, it's it's got that vibe to it, which I really love. But if you listen to the lyrics, it's about kind of like a jilted lover who's, uh, whose ex has now gone on to find another man and... And it's uh, this person still kind of like lamenting the loss of that relationship and comparing himself to the new guy. And it's very like sad and deep and bitter. Uh, but like with this really kind of like jaunty beach vibe to it. It's a nice, nice contrast there. Can I just say what you've done with the first three songs is like really establish in my mind who you like are. the sound of, of this time period. Like it totally uh, feels like music from when we were in college. Interesting. Like it was just various different types of. Like yeah. indie music, yeah, and these these three songs were were specifically uh, college. But it's, age, like a, yeah. it's like a bit of like time machine. Yeah, it's cool. What I was a little worried about or interested in, but it didn't really come true, is that I thought that there could be a chance of like all three hundred songs are unique because like there's so much music now. There's such diversity in terms of yeah. like how to find music that I thought that like I, I feel like there's gonna be more like songs and bands that like other people don't know. Like I feel like there's a lot of songs obviously from the eighties and nineties. But for the most part, everybody kind of knew all the songs. But I feel like today, like, there's there's bands. I mean, I'm not as versed in music as you guys are, but there were like a, more than a few songs, especially on Bob's list. That I was looking through where I was just like, I don't know the song, the artist. Like, I don't know anything about any of this. Yeah. There's some songs that are still collective, like collective culturally that we all connect with on a deep spiritual level, like uh, "Teenage Dirtbag" by Weedus. <laughs> is one that I think we all feel deep in our guts. Bob, you'll appreciate this song. (laughs) Uh, One thing you'll appreciate this song is that they shout out the 69 Love Songs album by Magnetic Fields. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. That's a little bit of the sonics of that. Mansur 97 is a wonderful, wonderful song. I believe in a thing called Love by the Darkness. Yeah. um, So, uh, I don't know. Do you guys know about this new band, Greta Van Fleet? These Led Zeppelin kind yeah. of like rip off. Yep. Like, Sounds like bullshit. Yeah, yeah. They you two guys love this, love the darkness, right? Oh yeah, I like them. Yeah, like like this is this is what Greta Van Fleet I think wants to do, but they just don't have like the depth. They don't commit enough to the part. Um, is that a Greta Van Susteren joke? 
No, there's no, a Greta there's Van, a band, band called Greta, Greta Van Fleet. That sounds right. like Led Zeppelin. What oh, is that is the band name? Oh, I have no idea. I have no idea. This band just fucking commits to what they do, and and it's it's infectious. Uh, Bob, did you know that they cover Street Spirit by Radiohead? And it's an incredible cover. I didn't know that. You should listen to it. It's it's <laughs> it, it's exactly in the darkness style. Is it on an album or is it like a single? Uh, I have no idea where it's from. But it's, it's still around? It's floating on the in the Ethernet of the internet. Uh, yeah, I think they still tour and everything. I don't know if they're still putting out albums. But Are they like they're straddling like irony and sincerity? Yeah, in a really interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Way. But like, I think like as opposed to that band like Steel Panther, which is like I like purely ironic. I actually think that these guys are like this is an, an homage to the music that they love. I think they're actually genuine about it. Manster, last song in this grouping of songs: "Rebellion Lies" by Arcade Fire. Yeah, so this is another one that I made Bob listen to far too much in college. Arcade Fire is a band that has completely fallen off a cliff, I think, but this album still holds up. As I a, think The Suburbs is their best album. Uh, it, it's 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 is that the second one? The third one. Um, it's one of those two. I I go back and forth on it. Um, this song just builds and builds. I mean, you can hear now it's got that kind of like anthemic, you know, like straight one, two, three, four beat to it. Um, and it just builds and builds and layers and layers. And I like songs that 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 increase in, in kind of urgency as they go along as opposed to like the chorus and then coming back down and then coming back up. Um, where the very end of the song is like the is is where the climax of the song is and um, it's a, it's a really great song to hear live. A lot of people get super into it when they play it live. So cool. So on the on the They're French Canadian too, right? They are from Montreal. Uh, I think. Well, the the singer Win is from Texas, I think, but like relocated to Montreal and met the rest of the band there. I like that that little like that little short lady with the yeah, curly hair. Yeah, that's his wife. They're married. I think she's cool. Yeah, Regine. So in the last batch of episodes we recorded, the 80s I don't and 90s, want a regime change. <laughs> Bob started things off with a statement song. Bob started off with the Cheers theme by Gary Portnoy. Once again, maybe not sonically, but by name of the song and the artist. Once again, a statement song. Ghost with a Boner by Diarrhea Planet. <laughs> this band rules. Ghost with a Boner by Diarrhea Planet. <laughs> I mean... I mean, that shit rocks. Listen to it. Yeah. And, and that's the thing, is that, like, they rock in an age when shit doesn't rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Like, I, like goofy name aside, like, they're a band that is, is rock and roll that barely exists anymore. And I think you got to give it up to a band that just does straight-up rock and roll. There's nothing... I mean, again, name aside, there's nothing really ironic about this stuff. It just straight-up rocks. Yeah. It's a, they're a great band. They recently Most broke the up. Is an unironically great neighbor. It is. Yeah. I don't believe in ghosts, but if I if I did believe in ghosts, I'd like to believe that they could maintain boners in the afterlife. It's all I care about, really. <laughs> it's all I think about day and night. We got a lot of work to do to catch up on spooky skeletons. What? <laughs> Those guys get boners. <laughs> Number 99, Either by Nas. Fuck Jay Z. Fuck Jay Z. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, 
I, I the rest love of this, this podcast song, is just us listening to Bob rap Nas lyrics. <laughs> no, this song, I love this song because uh, fuck Jay-Z, honestly, fuck Jay-Z is how I feel. But like, something that... Look, I'm going to be critical about this song. I'm going to break it down critically, and I'm going to be mean about Nas in a second. I love Nas, and I love that he's criticizing Jay-Z here, and I love that he takes a portion of this song to criticize Jay-Z for being mean to women, for disrespecting women. But in like the next breath, he calls Jay-Z a dick-riding faggot who loves the attention. Also, which, like, Nas has since been accused of... That's right, yeah. Spousal like, abuse. Like Nas is smarter than that. He knows that that's bad, and he... Obviously, he's a, he's a person who beat up Khalees, who is... I like Khalees. She seems nice. And her milkshake does bring... I mean, that's... Whether she's nice. All the boys to the end. Oh, oh, Tom's high road in me. <laughs> yeah, Tom, it's bad to beat women. Thanks. Anyway, uh, it's, uh, it's like... Uh, I, like how I like how your moral grandstanding is coming while dissecting a diss track. <laughs> Not a diss track, the greatest diss track. The diss track. I mean, maybe maybe hit him up. You can make an argument for hit him up as a diss track, but really, it's only the first line of hit him up. Uh, and and uh, yeah, this is one of the great diss tracks of all time. Um, cool. And moving on to to the complete opposite of that. Well, actually, we're not going to so move on directly to that because somebody else has it higher on their list. And something we learned from the last grouping is to not blow our load. Yeah, way to jump the gun, Bob. Let the producer produce the show. Let I, me produce. Well, we're going to mention the song. Next song is Shiver by Coldplay, which we're not going to talk Shiver about. Shiver by Coldplay. Yeah. But, you know, I don't have the only good Coldplay song. Disagree. Yeah. We'll yeah. talk about yeah, that later. I, I disagree. disagree. I agree that the only good Coldplay song is Yellow. <laughs> <laughs> Number 97, though, I'll Come Crashing by a Giant Dog. Bob's thrashing right now. Yeah, this song fucking rules. Hold on. I'm going to wait it out until you hear the first line of this song. Yeah, I'm down for definitely like letting the songs breathe a little bit more than we did last time. So Who can relate to that? Nothing in my nature tells me not to do bad things. Like you just like have the instinct to just like be shitty all the time. That's that's how I feel. <laughs> I was gonna say, uh, I don't know. I don't know. That's a universal you thing. Can't Bob. To that? <laughs> no. You can relate to being a person who just wants to hurt people all the time on no, purpose. No. 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 All right. I'm still going through the multiple negatives in my head. <laughs> Nothing in my nature tells needs. me not to do bad things. Uh. Yeah. Again, this is like. Do any of you guys know this band? A giant no. dog? No. I like it, though. I dig it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, possible future. Former chef Ryan Sweet is a big fan of this band. Oh. Yeah. This is a... This is a uh, uh, again, it feels like very early, early 2000s, right? Like, yeah. it fits into that uh, early, like, uh, that rebirth of garage rock stuff. Yeah. Queens of the Stone Age sounds like, too. Yeah. Um, and, and there's always, like, sort of a bonus when there's... But it's like... It shouldn't be unique at this point, but like when there's a woman singer, there's something about that that feels, uh, I don't know, better, better. My taste in music can basically be summarized by like Brit rock and girl singers, like that. Like that's it. Like that's sim- simplify it down. Yeah. Like the fact that I know that this is like a female singer is like, oh, I like this band, even though this is the only song I know. Like it just there's something cool about it. This might be the only song by them that I know. I don't even remember where I first heard it. 
But I like it. There's something, there's something about that first line, though. I'm a sucker for, for that first line and stuff. Like, no, fuck Jay-Z. Fuck Jay-Z. Nothing in my nature tells me not to do bad things. Ghost of the Boner. Is that the first line of that no, song? No, no. <laughs> it's, it's the not. only lyric. Just over and over Ghost again. Ghost with the Boner. Let's get Ghost some dance Ghost. music going. Number 96 by the band is this Chick Chick Chick. Check, 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 yeah. Me and Giuliani down by the schoolyard, a yeah. true story. Yeah, we really are going early aughts. I mean, listen to this groove, man. That was maybe the whitest thing that's ever happened, that Mance and I both got the same New York Times push notification <laughs> at the same time. And both of us going to, like, absorb about Trump tenants having their rent jacked up. So, Bob, tell us, tell us about the song, me and Giuliani. That's totally Giuliani. worth a notification. <laughs> but it's also, I mean, Giuliani, right? Yeah. New York. Yeah, yeah. Trump's current lawyer. Yeah, did you read... Uh, Political baby. Did you read the, <laughs> the book, uh, Meet Me in the Bathroom, that book about the early 2000s New York music scene? I didn't. Should I? Uh, half of it is, like, really pretentious, like, insider New York, like, all, like, the cool parties that they went to on the Lower East Side, but the other half is very insightful into, like, the beginnings of the Strokes and LCD sound system, which Check, Check, Check is uh, kind of tied in with. I largely don't like that era of music. I mean, I like LCD sound system. Yeah. The strokes are okay. Yeah. I like Check, 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 because they're just, like, you know, this shit is, like, good time music, yeah. like, sort of like Daft Punk. Like, you just want to... did you pick up the book, Meet Me in the Bathroom, thinking it was something? Else. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Meet me in the bathroom so we can take Polaroids of my poop. I, kn- <laughs> I knew exactly what I was getting into when I bought that book. All right, Matt, your number 100 song from the film Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? The song so nothing boys says why I'm 2K. A of Constant Sorrow. Like Bluegrass and a Bluegrass record winning album of the year at the Grammys in the year 2000. I mean, look, this song was written in 1929, but throw George Clooney's face up on screen singing it in which is in, in one of the best Coen Brothers movies, easily one of the best movies of this decade. Are they your favorite me. director? I think so. Coen Brothers Tub Talk coming later I in 2019. So. Yeah, I mean, well, we're going to do them on Cinemakers at some this, point. This for movie sure. was an instant classic and in and, and no small part due to that, and as a result of that fucking killer soundtrack it's everywhere and like tell me you haven't fucking sang this song yourself at some point in your life like out loud in the car or yeah, showering pooping taking a Polaroid of that poop but yeah again keeping with my tradition of establishing a song that has nothing to do with sure. the rest of my list alright Matt number, give it up number 99 is a song that we're going to talk about a little bit later The White Stripes Dead Leaves in the Dirty Ground you're 98 Loretta Lynn Portland Oregon yeah, and, and and just I liked having these two Jack White tracks back to back to start off this 2000s thing because it feels like Jack Black was everywhere Jack at the White. beginning of the 2000s. Jack, <laughs> Jack, Jack, Black. Jack Black was also yeah, everywhere. And, and now let me talk about music. <laughs> it really feels like in the early 2000s, Jack White was everywhere. And I do have some Jack Black coming up Why later. Why the, in the fuck list. don't Jack Black and Jack White put out an album together? It's ridiculous. It's called Ebony and I, Ivory. It's, honestly, yeah. We'll, we'll get into Jack Black later. I will. But anyway, uh, yeah, yeah. On it, this episode, it, it's worth listening to this song just for another couple minutes because uh, you I, definitely hear the Jack Black, Jack White production <laughs> sort of thing, and it was just a really cool record. I don't know that I've ever heard this song. I, really, I never made the effort. You know, you know what effort I made. The reason I listened to this album is because I went to the library 
and got the CD from the library and ripped it onto my computer. What a nerd. While I was living by myself for a, a couple years, I made a, a, a depressing habit of ripping, <laughs> ripping CDs from Ewing, the library after work. Ewing, New Jersey? The Woodbridge Library I would go to, yeah. Right off of uh, Richie Sambora Highway. Is that real? Is it a real thing? It's the, it's the street that the school, Woodbridge High School, is on, because Richie Sambora Jesus and Christ. John Bon Jovi went there. They couldn't, I, you know, I, you know, I got my black belt with John Bon Jovi's wife, Dorothea Hurley. John Bon Jovi witnessed me achieving my black belt in martial arts. I fought his wife, <laughs> and his wife was pregnant while I fought her. Did you win? Yeah, I won. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. She's very kind. I don't think there's anything yeah. else to say about this Loretta Lynn song than, <laughs> than that story, so let's move on. She's the kind of woman who'd fight a kid while pregnant, too, and that's why they're both awesome. <laughs> fight a kid while pregnant. <laughs> Number 97, R. Stevie Moore, I Hate People. So I asked you guys about this song because this song was written and performed like in the 70s and then re-recorded oh, another right, right, I remember and, and like I, I was going to take it off because of that, but do uh, you guys know our Stevie Moore? No. He, you would fucking totally dig this dude. He, he, he is just like a bedroom recorder and has just been putting out song after song, tape after tape for like 30 fucking years. I only found out about him because Joe Cusey's band played with him a few years ago. This is you got any Cusey songs on this list? I, I thought about it. Honestly, I did. Shout out Joe Cusey. We should do a Joe Cusey episode. I'd be happy to. I love prolific. that guy. But anyway, like, like I love this song is so great because it's so cheery and all the lyrics are just I hate people. <laughs> <laughs> and like at one point mid breakdown, he just goes without exception. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Matt, your number 95 song by the Silver Jews, Punks in the Beer Lane. I, I like the fact that both of my lists have a, a great Silver Jews song in the, in the first five. And this one is my favorite. Will I play for a minute? It's a love. It's a love song between two just absolute degenerate drug addicts, and this line's great. If we'd known what it takes to get here, would we have chosen to? Would we have chosen to? And it, it's just like this sad uh, celebration of just like having only two people. It's called Punks in the Beer Light, and like I'm not even sure what the beer light is, but I assume it's like a neon beer sign, and like that's. that's is he the saddest lyricist? He's up there, right? I mean... Like, I never listened to Silver Jews without feeling, like, utterly bummed out. Yeah. Have you heard the news Adam and Eve were Jews is a good line, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, and, and, I mean, the, the, real, the real killer is this part here.
gets really, really bad. Oh, boy. <laughs> All right. Well, the next song, at least a sonically a bit of a pickup. Dance music. <laughs> Mance number 95, The Killer is Mr. Brightside. There we go. <laughs> yeah, this is, wow. <laughs> this is a... <laughs> This is a complete 180. Um, I mean, everybody knows this song. I don't have to really say much about it. Uh, go to a bar when this comes on at like 1.30 in the morning when everybody's drunk uh, right before last call and uh, you, you witness that like communal thing where everybody just sings along. Uh, it's, it's a great... It's a Joey singing along right now. It's uh, I'm a big fan of those songs that are just like communal experiences. That's uh, part of the reason why I love live music so much. Um, th- this song, first of all, it's just a great. It's a great pop song. It's a great pop song, and it's really well produced. And uh, again, it's one of those songs where it comes on and everybody feels compelled to sing it, and that's just a nice thing to do sometimes. Now he's making a list, and he's checking it twice, and he's gonna find out who's naughty or nice. <laughs> it's the same song. How do you feel about it? Yeah, yeah, same thing. No, I, 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 I will. I was at a wedding, and this song played, and people went fucking crazy. This song? Yeah, it was because it, it's like a certain. I, I don't relate to it. I don't really like this song that much, but like. There is a certain age of person that this song is born to run. To yeah, them. Yep. This, this song is is something is Freebird. You know, I also it, don't really like Born to Run either. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I don't really like Born to Run that much either. But like, I, I don't know what our generation's Born to Run or Mr. Brightside is. But it's something in between the two of them, right? It might be like Say It Ain't So or something like that. No, I don't think Say It Ain't So has the same. Like nobody can sing along every word to right. it. it. Well, that's why it's, it, it's probably it smells like Team Spirit because Smell- that's or why hey he y- wrote it like that because yeah. you can't fucking yeah can't sing along to it. All right, number ninety four, Cat Power with Lived in Bars. Um, it's kind of a similar vibe to your Silver Juice song. Uh, it, it's a song about kind of somebody looking back you know somebody with with some years lived looking back at kind of a sad adulthood you know I lived in bars I danced on tables it's not a you can tell you know you can tell by Chan's voice that it's not a uh, she's not saying it like she accomplished it you know like it's not it's not something she's proud of Um, she's kind of it's kind of wistful but kind of sad too she also just has a beautiful voice, and uh, I'm not a huge fan of her her whole discography. But this one album, the greatest, I love because unbelievable. It, yeah, she the, the way it's produced is, is beautiful. She got the same stacks uh, uh, performers who performed on all the old like Al Green records uh, to do all the horn stuff on this album. It's just a beautiful, kind of soulful little collection of songs. I heard a song of her new album on the ride up here on the radio. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, on the radio. Yeah, my cables all fucked up. Like college radio. What are you listening to? And Mama. One hundred three three, man. We're we're in prime prime Princeton. W, what is it? WPRB. Oh, Princeton. Get a sharp as shit. That's a good channel. 
No, actually, no. I'm sorry. They were playing reggae. When was too. It was actually um, uh, XPN in Philly. All right, Mansur number 93, Fake Empire by The National. Um, the, uh, the, the Nationals, they, they, they kind of get some shit and it's, it's partially deserved because a lot of their albums sound alike. Like all their albums basically sound alike. They're not a band that changes up style very much, but it's kind yeah, of you're a, like, you're allowed to do it. It's kind of, ACDC, yeah, yeah, it's kind of a timeless style. And this particular song, um, they're, they're, first of all, their drummer is their MVP. And uh, they, they always employ these like bizarre, weird ass rhythm, uh, you know, rhythm section stuff. Their time meters are all off. It's kind of crazy. Um, you could hear it, you know, there's no drums right now in this song, but you could hear it in the piano. Like the piano is played kind of off kilter and later on the song picks up and horns come in on this song too. I'm a big horn guy apparently. And um, again, kind of like the Cat Power song. It's just a really, it's, it's kind of a wistful, sad, beautifully produced song. Are there any other bands that the drummer is the MVP? Uh, Tool. Did you say Tool? Tool. <laughs> Tool. Genesis. <laughs> Jewel. Rush. My Weird. hands, they are. <laughs> <laughs> no, Jewel. What about, what about uh, uh, Pinkerton? Right? The drums on that album are fucking awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I gotta give Mary Peter Rivers on that one. I, I agree. I fucking love I fucking love the drums on that album. I love the drums on Blue Album, too, but... Just listen to the, how these drums come in right now. It's like a little military march. The, the name of this album is called Boxer. And uh, let's... Uh, yeah, I don't know. The Who, maybe. Jimmy Page. The Who. Jimmy Page is a guitar player. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's hard to oh, argue. Okay. Oh, all right. All right. Him, you know? but, he, but he didn't like... He, he just ripped all those rips off. Remember in the movie The Client, when Susan Sarandon says her favorite Led Zeppelin song is Moby Dick, which is a drum solo? Fucking get out of here, Susan Sarandon. <laughs> what a load of... Bullshit. That might be my favorite of that one. Fuck you, Susan Sarandon. The 18 minute live version, though, is. Fucking Susan Sarandon also thinks that it's good that Hillary lost because Trump is better than. What? Fuck Susan Sarandon. <laughs> I like her. Rocky Horror Picture, Atlantic City. Damn it, Janet. All right, you talk about Susan Sarandon on your own time. <laughs> Number 92, Rilo Kiley with I arms will, outstretched. Uh, who, can, who can't love Jenny Lewis? I love her. In Susan a year Sarandon. where I saw Radiohead five times, <laughs> probably one of my favorite concerts I went to was Jenny Lewis opening for Beck because she's just so good and pure and wonderful. Yeah. So this song uh, has that like again that wistful aching to it, but like my favorite thing about it is the way she inflects the end of each line. That kind of like up that that note up that she does, and you know she'll do it again and, and uh, wait wait till the end of the next line. Uh, it's just a charming ass song, and then at the end, there's this like group sing along. Yeah, it's, do, a, it's a great sing along. Yeah, they do like it sounds like a bunch of people just around a campfire singing at the end of this song. Also, I had a crush on Jenny Lewis when I was a little kid because of the movie The Wiz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Wizard, The Wizard, The Wizard. Yeah, not The, the Wizard, The Wizard, The Wizard. I had a crush on Diana Ross because of The Wiz. <laughs> <laughs> the Wizard, Jenny Lewis. By the way, if we want to reopen that whole idea about Michael Jackson being completely innocent of the <laughs> pedophile no. and molestation charges, I'm no. ready with with, no. with arms outstretched, with fucking bullets. Well, I think it was to like with fire. arms outstretched. 
I will triple down on that. Number 91, Mance, MF Doom, Rap Snitch Condition, oh. featuring Mr. Fantastic. This, this oh, beat. Yeah. Listen to this guitar riff that he uses. My favorite thing about this it's is such a good. It's is that such Mance hasn't listened to his list in so long that even he's surprised by his yeah, own Yeah, this song fucking rules. MF Doom, there was a brief time where MF Doom was the best rapper on earth, in my opinion. Uh, from like 2000 to 2005. It was very brief. But his, he, as good as, of a rapper as he is, he's a better producer, and this sample is fire. Like any th- song you call feel good song, how, how this is, t- I don't see anything being more feel good than this yeah. in, in the universe yep. to me. Yep. It's the sound of fucking happiness. Oh. He also name text Tears for Fears on this song. Uh, yeah, yes. Talking about feel good, not Mr. Feel Good. Bob's number 95, Elton John, I Want Love. Woo! Sir Elton. Going up in the 2000s, late period Elton. This is the good shit. You guys know I this love song? that you put this on here. Yeah, I don't, you know. This is great. I don't think I know this song. Oh, it's wonderful. It's like. I don't know how to explain it. I mean, obviously, it's like a straight up ballad. Like, he's just, you know. He's an old man now, talking about wanting love and about how, like, uh. Uh, like his lifestyle makes that impossible to achieve because he's like, you know, he's career driven. Incredibly famous. He's incredibly famous, yeah. A man who famously wears a toupee, but nobody ever calls him on it. Uh, do you guys remember when this album came out? Yeah. Songs from the West Coast? You, the way you appreciate music is admirable, and it's something that I try to do more because you look at this and you hear it for face value you listen to the guy singing it and you accept his reasons and, and you accept his words and it adds up to you the same way it adds up to him and I think myself and hopefully some other people a lot of people like you, know, you hear like oh, I washed up like he gets written off for being sincere so quickly because it yeah. doesn't sound like he's putting the effort in to do something more artistic but you have shown a, like an ability and pension to like, identify when people do that and like we all should do that more often because let the guy fucking sing his song the way he wants to sing it. I appreciate that. Thank you. Also, I think he's on his farewell tour right now. Is he? Right, Elton's doing his last tour ever, and and I really want to see him. The is, tickets are unbelievably expensive. Is he one of those guys that has gone on multiple retirement tours? I don't think so. Okay. I don't you go think to so. Club and chip in. Maybe we'll we'll make this little boy's wish come true and send Bob to an Elton John <laughs> oh, concert. <laughs> More about Patreon later. I have ideas for the Patreon. All right, number 94, Coma Cinema, Caroline. Caroline, Caroline. Caroline. Caroline, please kill me. I don't think anybody knows this band. Yeah. They're like uh, a YouTube band. It's a cool. Elvis Depressedly? It's a, yeah. it's a cool Same album guy. cover that, that Mance would like because it's got a puppy on it. Puppy? That's a vicious <laughs> dog. <laughs> Who the fuck are you talking about? It's a puppy dog. There's like a whole genre of people who like I I you know you can discover now through YouTube that like don't really have major record deals. They're never going to be on the radio. They're never going to uh, you know it's it's a word of mouth uh, you know suggested video for you on YouTube. But this is like let's I'll, I'll be quiet for a second so you just listen to it. But it's a really solid just pop music. And this I think is also our shortest song to, to so far. It's under two minutes. More songs should be under two minutes. 
almost all songs should be like, almost all songs on Shumish. It's 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 you're right. It's like really solid pop music, but like warped. Through, uh, I, 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 you know, part of it is aesthetics, and part of it is probably not having any money. Yeah, yeah no, d- absolutely. Like that, those that keyboard is, is a shitty keyboard. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it sounds like something like we would have been recorded in Dan Bisty's basement. That's right, Batman Returns, baby. <laughs> Shout out. <laughs> the next song is Bob's first, but not his last song from someone best known as a comedian. In this case, a musician, Tim Heidecker's nice. Sentencing Day. Sentencing Day. Um, Something that I like about Tim Heidecker's stuff is that he's like, he's not joking. No. Like, he's being very sincere here about hating Donald Trump, as I think all of us are. Um, the coolest boys off the album Too Dumb for Suicide. And it's interesting, like, what's interesting to me about Tim Heidecker doing this is, it is like, similar to, to uh, how... Dan Harmon has been acting on the Harmontown podcast for the last year or so, which is that, like, I think, like, a lot of MAGA dudes are Tim and Eric fans, right? Because it's like, like, Tim and Eric is, like, a very 4chan type comedy. And so, like, by releasing something like this, Tim Heidegger is saying, like, like, I know you guys support me, but also fuck you, because I have no interest in having those kinds of fans. Uh, which I appreciate. And also, it's like, you know, it's pretty solid. Like, I feel like if this album got released as just... Like, separated from his persona? Yeah. I, I, I would listen to it. I mean, it sounds... I like it. I like it, too. But but we're all, you, you have to be predisposed. And I think this, like, aesthetic of kind of, like, maudlin, like... Uh, Randy Newman, but without like a fifth of Randy Newman's like songwriting chops. You know what I mean? Like, like it's definitely it's solid. Yeah, but it's not. There is a Randy. Remarkable. Th- th- there is a Randy Newman esque aspect to it. I, I agree. I mean, Randy Newman is an all time songwriter, so I don't think I don't think Tim Heider. It's a bit there. tough. Compliment. I'm not trying to make yeah. any comparison. Yeah, but there is like um, a layer of it where it's like. I think something Randy Newman gets nailed on, nailed for sometimes is. That he is like, he's being ironic, but he's presenting it sincerely. And I think Tim Heidegger is actually like doing the opposite here. Like he's being sincere, but it appears to be ironic because of his previous persona, right? So it's like he's he's walking on an interesting uh, tightrope. Did we just listen to the whole song? We sure did. Next up, Sage Francis, makeshift patriot. Sick of Waging War, copyright 2002, says the album cover. Uh, this song was released a month after September 11th. And it's a song about September 11th, which I think is... Quick turnaround? It, it, well, it's also the defining... Everything that comes since has been influenced by it, regardless of what it is. Right? There's no one our age, 35-ish who September 11th hasn't influenced their lives in, in almost every way. Um, but he seems really quick on his political interpretations of this, which are cynical. And I think right after September 11th, a lot of us weren't cynical. And we could, if we had been more cynical, we maybe could have prevented something like the Iraq War, which did not one single thing. If we had not gone to war in Iraq, nothing would have changed. Pop culture ranked. 
if those little flags didn't make you cynical, then I guess you're the 50% of the country that didn't think they were cynical. I mean, I want to be... It wasn't, like, it wasn't cynical about them. I mean, wasn't disgusted by them yeah. in a way. And St. Francis, I mean, he's a political he's a political artist. He's writing agitprop, right? He's trying to stir up things, trying to make people think. Uh, and this is probably the purest example of that because he's a month after the most controversial thing. He's taking a stance that is kind of anti-government when a lot of people, if you took an anti-government stance, would have fucking ran you out of town on a rail, right? So it's 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 brave. And I don't think his profile has been as high since this song. Uh, but it maintains as one of like the purest political pieces of art since since then. Bob, your number 91, Songs from Dawson's Creek. Also, Songs from Loser, Weedus, Teenage Dirtbag. Oh, volume, sorry, Songs from Dawson's Creek, Volume 2. This should be higher on the list. This should be like a top 10 song. But I was afraid, I, I feel like I've been oppressed by my fellow Wait, top peers. 10 song? Of all time. Not just of this generation, of this 20-year period. <laughs> I think I've been oppressed. I'm My voice is being silenced by... Uh, the Illuminati and by <laughs> the Bilderberg group uh, of which Tom Mantaranis leaned against his microphone in Tom Mantaranis is part of a global conspiracy to suppress weedus this guy's voice just gets on my nerves I'm sorry you can relate to it though can't you or were you never truly a teenage dirtbag he's a 30 year old dirtbag oh. oh. I was a teenage dirtbag baby we just watched Loser for Cinemakers, Amy Hackerling. Go check that out. That probably came out six months ago by the time you're hearing this. But this song is like either the theme song or written for it or something. And uh, Terrible movie. I like the song. It's a good. It's, it's a song that really, I think, captures some weird high school thing about feeling like a scumbag, uh, being made to feel like a scumbag by people who have no fucking place to judge anyone because they're also these fucking date rapists are 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 uh you know that escalated quickly (laughs) well also date rape in loser a big a big plot point in loser yeah with one of the 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 uh the boys from from always sunny in philadelphia right boyle he's also the one from westworld yeah yeah and also another one zach orth from wet hot and then somebody else who's in John Wick. Those are the the, the rapists. Was it the dog loser. from John Wick? The dog from John Wick is a loser. <laughs> the dog does a date rape. Tune in. All right. Next up, Matt in the bathroom, though. First song not on Spotify. Danger Mouse. So this is a little bit of backstory. Before I heard the Black Album, before I heard the White Album, I heard the Gray Album. I'm sorry, before you heard the White Album? Before I heard either the Black Album or the White Album, I heard the Grey Album. Matt's number 95, Encore, Glass, I don't Onion. You weren't in the room. What can I say? I'm going to fast forward the video because it doesn't start for a while. Yeah, this thing was so cool. Oh, it was awesome. I don't say I listen to it now, but, it, but as I was doing my research on like back then, thinking about what was cool. And, and not to mention that White Album getting reissued this year. I was listening to some of those songs and it, and it reminded me of this and... The, yeah, this is, this is great. The dude got a whole fucking high profile career. Yeah, I was just gonna say he became a legitimate star off this. Off this, uh, this was back when these mashup albums. He was like kind of the, one of the first major mashup artist producers. What year is this? Like 04? Probably a little yeah, bit earlier. Like, really? I think so. I feel like we were out of college. 
No, no? I was in college. Mm-hmm. All right, yeah, then probably. Yeah. I mean, it, um, yeah, this is cool. The Grey album, Danger Mouse, 2000, February 2004. There were a couple songs I kind of picked on here, but, you know. Yeah. Kinda. And this is the first of 10 songs not on Spotify on this list. First on YouTube. Yeah. All Let right. me also just say, when I submitted this list to Joey... I uh, you said really like, uncomfortable. Basically, I quote the of you my said, bottom fifty. Quote, Fuck it, here's my list. Yeah, because because I, I had a lot of different like goes at this, and and we this is where we started the whole idea for doing this podcast. I mean, we started this list what six months ago. It was before ago. Scotland. Yeah, it changed so many times, and and I, after we recorded the last one, I was like, oh, now I have like the forum the, the formula down of how I want to present five songs on a clip, and I, and I just had to fucking pull the eject button at some point and like. The bottom 50, ranking-wise, I'm saying, is is just, uh, I'm very uncomfortable with it. Top 50, I love. But this is just kind of a mishmash. Well, let's get toward that top let's 50 with to number it. 94, Freeman. Don't drag me the coals for any... Uh, Covert Discretion by Freeman. This is my man. I... This is my man. Dude, this album... You're so right. I very, can't believe very, I missed this song. Very, very underrated album. Who is this? Freeman? This, this, yeah. so, Fuck so, you all, I've got a reason Freeman to live. In so, all capital yeah, so letters. A little backstory on this. This is... This is Gene Ween, Aaron Freeman, uh, who, who, of course, with Ween, you know, did his thing and, and got fucked up all the time. At one point in 2010, he like laid down in the middle of the stage and like the rest of the band left. And it was at that point where everyone was like, this, this, this guy's got a Ween maybe in trouble, dude. So then they, who it was? They broke up a few years. He's sober now. And, and this was his album of getting all that off his chest. And this song specifically is just a direct entry into his journal message to not only his fans, but to his family, his bandmates. Like it's equally potent message to like Diener and the rest of the guys in the band. Because he's singing about how like... Yeah, you're down with the brown, right? Yeah, yeah. But there's a passage where... So he talks about like how his... The, Bandmates have to like hide drinking in front of him and makes him feel ostracized. And then he meets up with a couple, like he meet up with a couple, yeah. So he basically says like at the hotel lobby, there's one fan couple left, and he like takes advantage of their of them like loving him, and they get him fucked up. And they go home and live their lives, and he's just left there like entertaining them for the night. But like Bob said, Joey, hold on, I got a time. This is first time stamp for you Uh-oh. that I'd like to take advantage of. Um, I'm gonna bring where. Because it's the, like the album, album generally is this kind of vibe. It's very pretty. AM rock thing. But, uh. Get the fuck out of my face. Yeah. And, and look, I gotta check my notes. In a way, this is like the bookend to Birthday Boy. This is. Birthday Boy is a teenager dealing with teenager shit, spilling his heart out in a song, accompanied by just a guitar. And this is an old man broken down worrying about old man shit accompanied by just a guitar and I'll say I so I saw Ween last night at the, the Met show was last night and it was they sounded great it was a great show but the venue was a was an opera house so you're in the row of like a velveted chair you're, you have to stand there and it's weird because everybody's standing up but you feel like you're in a crib because like you can't get any closer than where you are you don't mill around and it's not there's not like a crowd energy other than what everyone's standing there Think about we two fucking punk ass like eighteen year olds with a tape deck screaming at seven people in a like that's what that's the, the th- they've kind of kept that going you know as far as the music they've been creating 
but look what it is now and you just can't go back like you can't this is you know seeing them last night and, and realizing that like you're not going to get a show where they're going to go ape shit and the crowd's going to be wild i mean half the crowd really didn't seem to know half of the songs all the people we talked to were fish fans and it was like oh you know, we got into weed through fish I'm just like, oh, that's cool too fine but like it wasn't and, and, and I don't know and, and them being my favorite band and like dealing with a lot of these like mid- midlife crisis sort of things and doing it for me to, to dissect as like guys who are 10 years older but my musical heroes it's really potent and this album was the, the deepest cut so anyway but sorry but so you know before before you think it's all sad if you fast forward to three minutes and 50 seconds. So if we wait 10 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> so he doesn't leave you wallowing. Nice. It's not just the words. I'm going to do it. Here comes Brian May of Queen. That's really Brian May. Ween plus Brian May. I can't echo enough how bad I fucked up not putting... Because this song... I mean, Ween means a lot to both Matt and, and myself. And, like, this song should be on my list. I just slipped my mind. I listened to this album and this song when it came out incessantly. And I felt all of those things that Matt was just talking about it feels like like you grow up with this band i've been listening to them since i was like 15 or 16 years old and just like you grow with them and then you you are made sad by this guy's struggle and he articulates it so perfectly yep. and so rebelliously well not at this five minute you. song is over <laughs> fleet it's Fox's a meaningful song blue ridge mountains remember how i said i was gonna uh, it's it a in? great oh, song I this one i thought i took this one off shit all right anyway yeah, this one. Uh. <laughs> yeah, okay. What an endorsement. Oh, fuck. Didn't I take this one off? This song that's ranked higher than the one I just talked about for five minutes. <laughs> no, this album was also really cool, and I really liked uh, hearing, like, uh, what to me sounds like, um, what to everyone, what they're trying to sound like. Like dark ages, like pastoral yeah. psalms being sung by some. Pa- that's the fucking art on the cover yeah. of it. And I just thought that was such a cool genre to make into popular indie music, whatever year this was. Like, uh, oh wait, check my notes again. In it was the summer of 2008. It was that was like looking back at those like five to seven years. I'm amazed. It's really amazing that that bands like Fleet Foxes. And like TV on the radio, and and others became as big as they did. Like like, probably not everywhere in the country, but in our area in New York, like Flea Foxes sold out Madison Square Garden, and like TV on the radio sold out Madison Square Garden. Like that's insane to me, thinking that that many people could like that this kind of music because it's what it taps into it's a yeah. timeless like yeah. nature and human history that you don't think about a lot with pop yeah. music and it's now, like, oh that's cool stuff to be in the headspace of yep so yeah I mean like I, I dig this song a lot I, I don't know if it's their best song I don't know if it's my favorite song off of there but I, I thought it was one that I, I would probably listen to easiest now because there's kind of an arcade fire effect with them mm-hmm. too where it's just like alright I'm not going to say I'm a Fleet Foxes 
fan. It's like an identifier, but you're not a triple F. You know who the you know who the the drummer is for Fleet Foxes. It's Dave Grohl. <laughs> Chris Cornell. It is not Dave Grohl or Chris Cornell. Uh, Fleet Foxes drummer Father John Misty. I don't know if you know. What? Yeah. He might be coming up on a, a list or two in a little bit. Number ninety-two, all capital letters, song by someone who overpopulated Matt's eighties and nineties yeah. list. Prince He's Breakfast can wait. He had a nice. He he, he flamed out pretty hot musically. I would <laughs> Off say artificially. I don't know if you guys listened to the because he put out the uh, artificial age and then the third eye girl yeah, record yeah, on the same day yeah, yeah, yeah. and then went on SNL with them and like I thought he was he was spitting some pretty good fire at the end so. And God bless him for that. This song's sexy and it's yeah. awesome. Spoiler: and Prince group. makes sexy music. <laughs> yeah, no, but like, spoiler: twenty. Yeah, no, no, I get it. Yeah. Prince fucking yeah. is this sexy? Yeah. Didn't know oh, that's that, wild. Weren't that there, that was, weren't that there three about? albums that came out that day? Like he did two and then he produced a third. Like and they all dropped in the same time. Yeah, wait, did, wait, did Prince die this year? No, no last year, twenty sixteen. So this song came out after he died. Him and David Bowie, same year, right? Is this song like? I think it was last year. Oh, shit, I'm thinking twenty eighteen. <laughs> I didn't think this song was this year. <laughs> yeah, no, this is this is Prince. No, this is twenty sixteen, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm thinking clearly. It's all good. Because I mean, the next one, another jump back. Also, the cover Prince, Prince died official, twenty sixteen. Official Prince sanctioned cover art for this is Dave Chappelle dressed as Prince. Yes, that's right. That's right. Yes. Guys, the next artist, hilarious. another one mostly associated with the last couple decades, Michael Jackson. Love never felt so good. Yeah, man. Off escape. The other one, shit that came out around the time the guy was done. Um, the full produced version of this, the single version, is good too. But something about hearing just him and fucking Paul Anka, I assume, in a studio, fucking around, raw tape. Again, I don't know if this counts as best of this time period necessarily, but like that's what it yeah, it gets you out. Yeah, it, it touches you in a certain place. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, is that it, you allegedly? Want to, yeah, you want to falsely, falsely, allegedly. Or shit. Anyway, uh, I put this on like I think this is the last thing I changed because just looking at the list, feeling uncomfortable at the bottom, I was like, when this song came out, I listened to shit. I'm putting it on. Michael Jackson is innocent. Mance. <laughs> Mance, you're number 90. DJ Rupture, Lonesome Side, featuring Lily. Um, yeah, wait wait until the vocals come in a little bit here. You got a, you got a timestamp for me? Right there. Um, oh, eight seconds. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> this is like a, just a deep reggae cut. Um, bunch of watermelons on the cover. Yeah, a bunch of watermelons on the cover. DJ Rupture. Sounds racist. DJ Rupture is uh, <laughs> is one of like the great unheralded DJs like in the, in the era of like RJD2 and and uh, DJ Shadow and um, he never like made it he never like took that leap like they did like listen this is this is a great deep house big well if he wants to take the leap he should have fucking scored the theme to Mad Men as well fair point who did Tara that Sillen? Tara Sillen she's a DJ Stars can no. wait. Stars, go stars blind. are blind. Stars are blind. Stars can also wait. So this is. I'm just. I'm heaven can wait. <laughs> Kevin. Kevin just, can wait. Kevin can wait. Just Breakfast like heaven can wait. <laughs> just like Kevin. Uh, yeah. This is just. A, I just love the vibe on this song. Heavy bass. 
I love that little that little whatever instrument, Mellotron or whatever that is. Okay, we can move on. Alright, man, it's number eighty nine, the strokes with someday. Um yeah, uh, what, was it you, Bob, who was just saying you were never a big Strokes fan? Hold on, just just real quick. I'm sorry. The genius note popped up and said, the Strokes reminisce about the past <laughs> someday, which is uh, arguably about every song yeah. that has ever been someday. written. The the uh, the first two Strokes albums are fantastic. I, 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 I think that they've uh, aged really well. And um, yeah, this song, it kind of has, like we joke, you just made that joke about the genius uh, notification about it or whatever, but it's it's a wistful song. It's got that kind of that that vibe to it, and um, it's got a great guitar part. That that great that this whole album is great. Yeah, um, for for two albums, they were an incredible rock band. I really feel like a phony going out of my way to leave the Strokes off of my list. Yeah, like that, like I did because no album did I listen to more like senior year of high yeah. school than this. I think they they. I kinda, feel fine leaving the Strokes. And I can't tell you how many fucking people came up to like have me hanging out with, standing around at like Seven Eleven with Dylan or like Steve or somebody. And they, somebody would just walk up and be like, "You guys look like you're in the Strokes." <laughs> I think. Yeah. Th- hey, hey, th- hey, thank you. Hey. When they when they came out, they were kind of like uh, they were they were made fun of by a lot of people because they weren't like authentic and um, you know they were a bunch of rich kids growing up. Rich, rich but like kids. yeah, but the songs are legit. Like the songs, they you know they, you still need to write the songs, and they wrote the songs for yeah. two albums. They yeah. wrote fucking 10, 20 great songs, and that's all that matters. I don't care how many fucking days off of your internship at your dad's fucking <laughs> trust fund you need to take you write those songs yeah. <laughs> i don't think you need to lay in your huge bed with a giant fucking panoramic window view of new york city all day <laughs> they brought jean jackets back get your, butler baby. To, get your butler to bring you breakfast lunch and dinner and fucking write those songs but like think of think of all the other bands from that you know was, i guess the big ones were were the strokes and the white stripes and they obviously both stood the test of time but um, Bob, you probably disagree. I think the Strokes sat the test of time. <laughs> no, I'm with you. I, I'm, I'm not that. It's one of those things where I'm not that big of a fan. But like, I get it. Yeah, you listen to like the Vines now and the rest of those. Like, I love the fucking tier. Vines. No, man. stop it. The Hives. <laughs> stop it. And vines. those bands, those bands all sound. <laughs> never loved me. But the but these first two Strokes albums still sound as great now as as I thought they did back then. The next yeah, this song album is, a is great. beautiful, beautiful song. Incubus, Aqueous Transmission. Yeah, I'm. I mean, Bob this is another face. band that it's. Yeah, this is another band that it's not cool to like, and I don't really like them that much anymore. You know, when I was when I was in high school, they were a big part of uh, of my music listening. But this song is is beautiful. It really is. It's what eight minutes long, Joey? Yeah, seven forty-five. Yeah. yeah so, uh, you know, but this isn't like the rap rock kind of thing that they got lumped in with. This is something else completely different. There's uh, a sitar and a didgeridoo, and uh, it's very tranquil and peaceful and kind of nice. How many of your female friends in college had a poster of this guy up in their dorm? He had great abs. He 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 is a very good-looking man. I don't know what they're up to now. I don't know if they did. He have cum gutters. The, the guy v. probably had cum gutters. I haven't inspected his abs, but yeah. The v. That's a uh, reference Recently. to a conversation we were having before Matt got here. I almost had Are You In on my list. That's a good song. Which is a song that I like. Yeah. And the video was just an orgy, which is pretty good. Yeah, yeah they, I mean, uh, 
uh, what were their the Make Yourself was the album that kind of made them big, and and the second the one that came after that, which is the one this song, this song is on, uh, Morning View, I think. Yep. Um, we're both pretty solid, uh, uh, pretty solid albums, and this is a great song. The next song is a crossover song, but we're gonna talk about it. It's in, it's actually in Bob's next five songs, but a little bit lower on his list. Hot, hot heat. Oh God damn it. Oh God damn it. So we're waiting for Bob. No, no, no we're gonna talk about it now because it's a little bit higher on your list. Okay. Bob, so you guys both talk about it. You got, you start. Remember when we saw these guys live? Yeah, they were awesome. Yeah, and they, they and they had a really difficult time getting the hipster crowd to dance, yeah. even though it's essentially dance music. Yeah, um, it's like very fast-paced, uh, rapid-fire wordplay, uh, and there's something really fun about it. And and this disappeared. Listen to this bass. It's like the thirty rock of music. I've always said that about Hot Hot Heat that they were like the thirty rock of music. You've got your Alec Baldwin. You've got your you've got your Jack McBrayer. You've got your Liz Lemon. You've got your Tina Fey. Tracy Morgan. Jane Krakowski. You've got your Tracy Morgan. Don't forget celebrity guest stars. And don't forget celebrity guest stars. You've got your Rachel Dratches. <laughs> you got whoever played Suri. You've got your Suri. You've got dot com. You've got Grizzle. You got Judah Friedlander. You've got Judah Friedlander. Right, someone now, once told me I looked like. <laughs> and then. I broke their skull open like a pinata. Because I was angry. Fuck you, Judah Friedlander. He did it, fight folks. me. I, so I went to a comedy festival in Austin, the Moon Tower Comedy Festival, and they had part of it as the ping pong slapdown. And Judah Friedlander is like a legitimately great ping pong player, and it was comedian world against champion. fans. World champion. And he won. But more importantly, if you look behind you, I got, I bought, I won a charity auction for a Maria Bamford signed ping pong paddle, uh, where it just says cool. "Breathe, Maria Bamford." So, so like hot, that. hot heat is really solid, Tom. Yeah. <laughs> the thirty rock of music. <laughs> that was a one-liner, man. You made it into a whole segment. <laughs> it's actually he's strangely accurate with that. So. All right, the next song we don't have, we've not had a lot of rap so far. The next one, Pusha T, "Trouble on My Mind," beat Tyler, the Creator. Yeah, uh, this is uh, this song references a song that will be on a couple lists coming up later. Um, this is uh, one of Tyler's best verses. It's like just a pure rapper, and it's just like kind of got that. It's got like a really cool swagger to it. That's that's like most of the uh, the rap that I'll put on these lists is like the feel to it like I, you know it's about the beat and kind of the the the, the, the atmosphere to it and this is like very menacing what I appreciate um, about this song is that like it starts and lyrics are already coming at you like there's no yeah, yeah, yeah. build up like right, it's not right, like right. you like learn the beat it's, it's just like blackout. in your face yeah, yeah. Uh, can we can we get a little bit can we skip ahead to Tyler's verse right after this chorus well, why don't we hear the, the okay. incredible chorus because this reference is Yonkers right uh, sort of. Yeah, he, he does reference Yonkers. There's also like a great little snare break coming up right after the chorus. In like three, two, one. Because spoilers, Yonkers will be on two lists. Oh, 
tripped him Bristol Palin, then I accidentally shot him. Bristol Palin. Do you have any songs from Flower Boy on your? You love Flower Boy, but no. I don't think Flower Boy any. You like that as an album more than singles? Uh, I put no. I I think I had a couple of songs from Flower Boy in the mix, but I'm tr- I was trying to intentionally not go too recent because you know, recency like bias. Give, yeah. give some time. So it's not like Thank You Next, which is a Stone Cold yeah. classic. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, this song just has a menacing swagger that I like. All right, the next song. This is off Bob's list. He just he just talked for ten minutes about Thirty Rock. I know, but now we're gonna talk about Waves, Demon Selena, Demon Levon, Demon to what, what what NBC sitcom is Demon Waves like? Demon to Weenon. Demon to Bob. Warren Zevon. Whenever you want to start here. While, while song builds, Bob is also... We're, e- we're eating dry-ass cookies over here <laughs> with no milk. <laughs> Instead of milk, there's just whiskey. I can't... Milk gives me diarrhea, guys. Aww. We do, man. Sucks. Getting old. Sucks. Waves exist in a place that maybe Weezer used to exist in. I mean, they're not as good as Weezer. They never they never will be. Um, I like the song Archie Marry Me more than any Weezer song, though. More than any Weezer. I don't know like Weezer. Band. Oh, boy. Wait, who are they? Who's that's that? that's always. God damn it. This is Waves. I was just seeing the double V and just confused in my mind. Also, you didn't have, like, time context. Oh, no, I don't have any context for Weezer. I tried to get into him after the fact. And There's I no way to explain how important Weezer yeah. is to people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to, like, Facts. the three of you and not Facts. Facts. It's the suburban 35-year-olds. Yeah. If you're looking at it as a whole, you're just like, I like this all their music. Yeah. It's a weird... You guys like waves, or you have any context for them? I, I, I'm, I think they're pretty good. Yeah, I never got super into them, but I, I like them. It's sort of like fuzzy surf. Yeah, rock. yeah. That's like, it's a pretty reliable genre. Yeah, that's exactly. It's reliable. It's there for you when you need it. It'll cuddle you at night. It'll yep. give you a massage. It'll. What, what TV show would you say Waves is? Most importantly, it'll just listen. Waves is John from Cincinnati. <laughs> <laughs> All the promise in the world and just didn't fall, th- didn't come through. Oh man, that was good. Luke Perry. I haven't I seen it. We watched that really weird episode. Is that David Chase or David Simon? No oh way. really? Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Bob, was that David Chase or David Simon? Either. David Milch, baby. Yeah. Oh, Deadwood. One of the Davids. The third David. Yeah. Maybe the, uh, I mean David Simon's the best David. I would say David Simon, then David Chase, then David Milch. No, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna turn that around. I don't like David, Deadwood at all. David Chase, all. David Milch, David Simon. Sopranos. I have my problems with Sopranos, but Sopranos is. I I don't know much of David Mills. I know that he killed horses on that other show. Yeah, horses are bad. (laughs) Fair. All right, next song. They kill people by fucking. Multiply by Jamie Liddell. (laughs) Oh, the next song was actually Hot Hot Heat by or Oh God Damn It by Hot Hot Heat. Next song. I'm just moving on. Yeah, please. Anti-horse rhetoric. (laughs) Number eighty-eight. Multiply by Jamie Liddell. This guy, he, he, most horses are rapists and murderers. I'm assuming there are some nice ones, but one most time, of them. One time Dylan said to me, I could never love a girl who loves horses. No, I said that. That's fucking my You said line. that? <laughs> I, that's my Dylan, line. Dylan stole your line. Are you fucking kidding me? Maybe you said that to me then. Maybe it was you and not Dylan. But whatever. You said it to me when I was like 16. <laughs> you said on stage, I'm all for it. No, there no. Are, there are, are, you have no idea. I mean, I'm sure you have an idea, but there are so many girls on online dating sites with profile pictures. That are them on a horse, and it's like, oh, you're a very specific. You're never oh, gonna, you're never gonna surpass that horse in her in 
in her power rankings. No, of God bless. People. I'm sorry that I miscredited that line because it was probably you that said it to me. I don't think Dylan would steal your joke. It's probably. Is this song about horses? No. no, this song's not about horses. No, <laughs> this song's about multiplication tables. I think. Uh. No, it's just a dance song, right? He's, it's like yeah, a, yeah. And he, he's. I mean, I don't even know if I should get into this. Get into it, baby. He's he's a white guy. Yeah, he's a white guy. Yeah, this this song exactly like Marvin Gaye. No, no. Is this Robin Thicke? But he's got it's got a soul to it. It's got like yeah, you know, yeah. I, this, I like it. I, this I, sounds I, like sitting on the dock of the bay. It's inferior to sitting on the dock of the bay, <laughs> which has. One of the great lyrics, my loneliness won't leave me alone, right? That's one of the great lyrics of all time. Um, but I do like that we've already entered the part of the evening where Bob is talking about anything but the song in question. No, Jamie Liddell's great. I don't. There's not that much about this song to talk about, but it like makes me want to like dance around. Yeah, he he was a glitch. Like he was like a techno guy who like yeah. totally did a 180 into this. This is a good album though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember listening to this when it came out. Yeah, I can always like. This is a good song to like do the dishes to. <laughs> With that said, uh, the next song is a song that's going to come up way later on another list, Nude by Radiohead. All right, yeah. We'll skip that song, but then the next song, Fuck Forever by Baby Shambles. Fuck Forever, baby. Oh, the Pete Doherty. 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 Yeah, yeah, it's an Irish pronunciation. Pete Doherty. Yeah, he's a... Your boy. uh, Look, this song, right, so I, I think you have to have context for the song is Pete Doherty has essentially run out of the Libertines with his own fault because he robbed his bandmate to try to support his, his uh, I think, crack habit. Um, and, and the idea of fuck forever is is uh, um, this idea that you gotta you gotta focus on the moment. And uh, it's a dangerous philosophy for Pete Doherty particularly to live in. But he was like like, you know, if you ever look at Pete Doherty, that dude is living in the moment. He's not caring about the next thing. He's a great songwriter. He's got a very specific style, both over playing the guitar and singing. That is, I think early on it got compared a lot to Joe Strummer, but I think I think he moved away from that. Uh, yeah, I never. I, I was I was really into the first Libertines album when it came out. Up it's the a great up album. the bracket, unbelievable. Right? Yeah, one uh, of the- lost track of him after that, but. I mean, he's like, like you'll hear more from me about this later. But like, I legitimately think that the Libertines could have saved rock and roll. We just didn't pay enough attention to them. They were that good of a band. Fuck forever. Yeah. Okay, we can move on to the next song. Matt's number ninety. Mad villain. Shadows of tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. This is just gotta have something off of this album. Could have been accordion. Yeah, could have been. They're all good, but this one gets the knock because of the Sun Ra references. Yeah, 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 Quasimodo. And again, just just a, a beat that is you can just listen to it on the whole day and have a nice day. The thing I love about Mad Villain, and I, I I'm pretty sure that I have some Mad Villain coming up later on my list if I remember correctly. It's two guys, MF Doom and Madlib, but like between the two of them, they have like eight alter egos. And this is this is Madlib's alter ego, and they all like they're all it's all very self-referential. They build like a narrative into their albums. It's, uh, it's fucking awesome. And yeah. there's a song called "America's Most Blunted." America's Most Blunted. Yeah. The next song is not my favorite song on any of these lists, but it's my favorite song that was included. What the fuck? You can save your editorializing. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. No, 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 wait, 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 wait. This isn't my favorite song on any of these. Fuck yes, you. It's my favorite song that was included. 
if that makes sense. Like, I love that you included this song. I don't know how to pronounce the band's name, but it's from the movie Frank. Oh, I love yeah. you all. Yeah. Have you, has anybody seen this movie Frank? I've seen from it. Matt? I, I thought it was I so not. cool that the song that was like the climax of the movie was a cool song. It, it rules. And, it, and it, was, it was totally stuck in my head for like weeks yep. after I saw it. The movie's very good. This song is great. Yeah, I thought this movie was okay. I thought... I thought it was cool that Mike Fassbender was like wearing a big mask. Like, that's a cool thing to do. It's like a, as he was becoming super popular, it's like a thing. Who is this band? It's the Soren Fobs. It's it's from the movie Frank. And it's about like an, he's like an outsider musician who wears a who wears a mask that looks like this the entire movie. Yeah. And There's actually at the end. This is like the climax. Like, like gotcha. It's really cool when movies. Are able to build the story around like a specific song. Like I was, I was saying, I don't think any of you watched it yet, but there's the movie Hearts Beat Loud, which is this new actress and also uh, Ron Swanson, Nick Offerman, and they Parks and Rec, Parks and Rec, and they have no, no, they form a band. Let's do it right now. Let's get into it. No, but they form a band and they put a song on Spotify and it becomes like a hit. And like it's just them like as like a father daughter becoming like this like band is the song good and the song is great yeah but also the important thing about this song in the movie is that like you know in that thing you do when the O'Neaters hear their song on the radio for the first time they like lose their goddamn minds yeah like there's a scene in this movie where Nick Offerman is in a coffee shop and hears it on Spotify mix and it's the modern day equivalent and it's so cool I highly recommend Hearts Beat Loud yeah man I think anytime a song is written for the purpose of being a component of like a story like a movie or something and the song is good that's what a cool thing that's what all pieces are there other examples I mean, the thing you do is, is an example of that perfect example yeah um, written by the guys from Fountains of Wayne I think that makes sense because they would write that kind of song yeah uh, maybe Fever Dog from Almost Famous probably not that doesn't count <laughs> Right. How does how do they sing Fever Dog? Fever Dog. I don't know the rest of the words. Backdoor kind of. <laughs> yeah, you got it. Yeah, that's you it. You got right. it. Yeah, yeah, it's not good. That's not as good as as this or. You're right. It's not. But but I would like to think about some other example. Like what about songs on The Simpsons? Oh Those yeah, kind of fucking see my vest. See my vest made of real gorilla. <laughs> <laughs> see my sweater. There's no better than authentic Irish setter. Grizzly bear underwear. <laughs> yeah. That rules. <laughs> or, or, I mean, classic monorail is a classic one. What? Wait, what? The monorail? Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, like, it's cool. Like, we're talking about The Simpsons? What are we talking about? I can talk, let's just talk about This is a Simpsons podcast now. <laughs> <laughs> We've done it. From the inside, this was always the plan. All it took was the monorail. This was, this was always the plan where Matt and I are a sleeper cell. <laughs> Song 88, Matt's boy Lil Pump with Gucci Gang. Oh, God. You love Lil Pump. Good enough to put him on this list. Just, I, I, just, I kept trying to think about whether it's dumb to do this. It's not. Just got arrested, I think, two days ago. Whatever. What did he do? Uh, I, I don't remember. I support most crimes, so... This is just officially me saying I don't get it, and I'm just giving up. <laughs> I, I fucking love that I don't get it. I can't relate at all, so it's fucking great. It really is. That's the best way to age. It's just to be like, I don't, I'm fine. This oh, enjoy al- it. This album art looks like it's him in Bitmoji for. Yo, yo. Uh, 
He goes. Oh, he, got he, goes a, he got arrested for bringing weed onto my a plane. Le- my lean costs more than your rent. Your mama still live in a tent. Me and my grandma take meds. <laughs> And then my favorite part about this song is at one point he goes, fuck your airline, fuck your, fuck your company. <laughs> in the back. <laughs> fuck it. I love that. All right. I don't want to talk about this fucking dumbass song. 87. <laughs> Wale with the Kramer. I just put this on the oh, other yeah, day, yeah. too. The mixtape about nothing. Yeah. Off uh, an album that looks like it's a Seinfeld. Yeah. Everything. Mixed by Nick Catch Dubs, in case anybody was wondering. Don't talk over Michael. <laughs> I haven't heard this song in Rules for life. Uh, yeah, this uh, this whole thing, obviously, uh, you know, the fact that it's all, a lot of it's Seinfeld related, and Julie Louis-Dreyfus is actually, like, he has her, like, on the phone, like, yeah. actually talking about being on it. It's cool. A couple songs fucking kick ass, and uh, this is one of them, and that Michael Richards thing was so fucking weird. Do you remember... When Jerry Seinfeld, like, remember when he gives the apology? Actually, yeah, I remember that. It's in the, it's in back end. Like it was like Jerry Seinfeld was being interviewed on David Letterman, and That's then right, yeah. about Kramer being racist. And, and yeah, then they video conference Michael Richards in. Like it, it was really weird, and they let Michael Richards make his apology, but the audience seeing it all on satellite like was laughing the whole time. He was trying to like bumble his way through. He calls him Afro-American. Like, it's it's so fucking... Like, My comedy comes from an uncontrolled so place. Awkward. It's so fucked up. Yeah, it, it's cool. It's yeah, it's a good song. And a good good mixtape. And I haven't heard one fucking thing that Wale's done, like, since this. Nothing. This was his, like, high point. Like, he he, he was getting pretty famous for a while. Yeah, and yeah. Was, Number 86 on Matt's list, Tom Waits, Alice, off the album Alice. Yeah. Tom Waits, Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Fantastic. Guys, guys, goddamn, he's legitimately a national treasure. I don't throw that phrase around as much as some may. He's looking for Mr. Pocket. But he's, he, 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 yeah, his whole fucking output belongs in registry somewhere. He's keeping an aesthetic alive that doesn't really exist anymore. Right. Like and he's, making, kind of? and he's making it up to a degree too. Yeah, there's no like, there's no path for the like tin can bean eating hobo. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> he's doing it. Right, he's he's putting his fucking belongings in a bindle, and he's walking down the train tracks and, and making us cry and, and bringing it to us in beautiful like prose. Yeah, he, he's he's a man. And it's cool to see that his he'll he'll be he's on this list. He was on my eighties and nineties. He he was he was in my top twenty last time around. Are there any other people that do that that, that straddle three lists? You think the six six sixty to seventy nine? I mean, which we have not done I yet. I wedged Michael Jackson in there. Like Prince would only because only because you want to be my lover came out in nineteen seventy nine. It barely uh, qualifies. Bowie, like, Bowie probably right. Uh, nah, Bowie doesn't make my list for this. Me either. I thought about it, but I didn't do it. No, he could. Yeah, nobody that did, but like he he would qualify. All my favorite Bowie stuff is from the seventies, but like you know, you guys don't have Freedom by Paul McCartney on this list. <laughs> he could. Oh, talking about I'm freedom. Taking, I'm taking a real, real easy path through the post fucking Beatles career of Paul McCartney. <laughs> real slow on that one. <laughs> <laughs> no rush. All right, the last batch of songs for this round. Number eighty-five on Mance's list. G side. I'm sorry. Featuring PH. Yeah. Um, so this goes back to what I was saying about that Pusha T song about just the vibe. Uh, 
that 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 vocal sample and that vocal sample it's just like it, it, it's it's got this like kind of airy feel that you don't really hear in uh, a lot of rap music and it contrasts because these two are like they're like this is like gangster rap as far as the actual rapping goes and then the 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 music the instrumental is this like airy kind of light falsetto driven trap music G side they were like never became anything but uh, yeah I just really like this song they have great interplay they're just really good together number 84 a song I'm surprised is not on Matt or Bob's list especially I'm surprised it's not on Matt's list Estelle with American Boy you're surprised it's not on my list I just thought this would have been a song that would have been on your list (laughs) I I don't even know what this is you You struck me as an Estelle guy (laughs) No, but I mean, when we were talking, when, we lo- when we were looking at the original Rolling Stone list, I felt like there were certain songs that, like, just based on what you were into on that list, I felt like you, this would have been one that you would have. I think this was on their list, probably. This I, think, I think it was. Look, yeah. I mean, this song is yeah. great. Yeah. Uh, I have really nothing insightful to say about this song. I, it's just. And that was Kanye, right? Yeah, this is... Because we'll, yeah, we'll, like we'll have a bunch more Kanye. I think he... I don't know if he discovered her, if he just, a like, featured on this. Kanye? Not a bunch more, but he's going to be on a few more a few more times. Um, One more time. Yeah. No. There's there's three and a half more Kanye songs. I interrupted Tom. I'm, I apologize. No, I, I said I had I had nothing insightful to say about yeah, this. Oh, I interrupted you while you were saying you had nothing insightful to say? Well, then, congratulations to me. Number 83, Love Like a River by Girls. Starring Lena Dunham. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, this has that, like, uh, this guy, um, and I'm completely, uh, Chris Owens is, is like, the, the songwriter behind this band who's been broken up for a few years. They put out two albums and an EP, I think, and he was an incredible songwriter and just kind of fell off the face of the earth. Has also like battled drug problems since uh, during and since uh, him being in this band. And um, this uh, this song is just like got this. It's got that like '50s style. Uh, it kind of has like the same guitar sound as like "Oh Darling" by the Beatles, and then it turns into like a full blown blues gospel song towards the end um it's just it's it's a beautiful beautiful song i like it i don't i don't know this song but i like it Uh, skipping ahead yeah here you go yeah listen to this listen to those backup vocals and the organ so bob this album is called father son holy ghost record three highly recommended love catholicism Number 82, My Morning Jacket, One Big Holiday. Is this we're ever long? This, we're Do we have the years for these? I don't. Were we doing that last time? This was, you were. Nobody so else was. 2003, oh. I want to say. 2002. What album is it on? Um, it still moves. It's an album with a bear on the cover. You, I want to say 2003. Yeah. You, we saw them on that tour. Yeah, you turned me on to these guys because we were seeing... Uh, we were seeing Bright Eyes. Bright Eyes and M. Ward. And M. Ward. And fucking My Morning Jacket blew them both off yeah, the stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. M. Ward of She and Him? 
Yes. What? Well, yeah. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh huh. <clears throat> and I've I've gone on to see my morning jacket I think seven times since then. A great live band, and they always close the song. Oh really? This is always the close to their encore, and it kicks ass every single time they play it. Um, hold on, let's just let this hit for a second. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's a balls out rock song. And uh, again, my experience with it is colored by going to those shows and like seeing the crowd. They all know as soon as he starts doing that that like rapid on the uh, hi hat, they all know the song is coming, and they all freak out when that beat drops like it just did. Um, it's it's a cool thing to be a part of with a bunch of people. Is most of their music mostly instrumental like this or no? Like I know the lyrics kick in, but that's that's ninety seconds into the song. You know what no, I mean? No, no, they're they they're not instrumental really at all but they have these long sprawling like six seven minute epic songs that do have long periods of vocals all right my morning jacket number 81 mance's last song on the episode a perfect circle with judith um yeah uh i was an alt-rock kid growing up i loved tool in the 90s and I loved this album when it came out. Um, I haven't really listened to any other Perfect Circle stuff after their first album, but um, this is this song is is uh, it's got that like that classic Maynard uh, like vitriol, uh, you know, where he picks an idol, whether it's like Los Angeles or you know whatever or or. or um, fake fans like he does with Hooker on a Penis like he takes or on bad wine or, or bad wine he, he, he picks an idol and fucking destroys it and he does that on this song with Catholicism and, and kind of like blind faith and um, it's it's just awesome the lyrics Man, are I take incredible. it back I don't like Catholicism <laughs> what a 180 but I like blind faith the band yeah Eric Clapton rules alright Bob you're number 85 your last batch of songs of this episode, Jeffrey Lewis, Sad, Screaming, Old Man, off the album Manhattan. Uh, Jeffrey Lewis is kind of an outsider artist, I think. Um, I, I do want to make note that like this song has chased both Matt and Nance from the, from the table. Yeah, I'm the only one. It's just me and Joey here, so I can say whatever I want. Get real intimate. No, it's okay. Sad, Screaming, Old Man by Jeffrey Lewis. Rita filter. Well, thank you. I don't... Yeah, you were blowing your nose. Oh, you just spoke into my microphone. It was, our lips were so close. <laughs> um, is this the B-52s? Yeah, it's the B-52s. Okay. <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this is that song that plays at every wedding. Sad, screaming old man by the B-52s. Uh, he's like kind of a modern, modern day Daniel Johnston-ish uh, outsider artist. Who's on your 80 to 99 list, right? Daniel Johnston? Yeah. Was he or was he not? I don't think so. I think he's on this list. Oh, maybe that's right. Oh, yeah, he's coming up in the next episode. Yeah, this part's good. It does sound like the B-52s without the irony. Yeah, this is like kind of sounds like Rock Lobster. Yeah, right. And, and I think we can all agree that Rock Lobster is the best. It rules. <laughs> it's, it's like... Uh, B-52s are... are Wait, uh, do we all like the B-52s? Yeah, I, I yeah. genuinely like the good. Matt and I had a weird moment this summer where I think Matt like challenged me to like identify when a song was from. 
Was it a challenge? I, I thought it was well, more just like, you can know, you fucking get over this? Yeah, <laughs> and there was like there was like a 10-year difference between Love Shack. Yeah. I think it was the 10-year difference between Love Shack and Rock Lobster. And like I, Love Shack came, in, came out in like later. 78 or something like that, and Rock Lobster was like 88. But it was it was something unreal. Like we we both thought they were like from the same album. I think one of them came out in the nineties. Yeah, I think that's yeah. What Love Shack like, came out in the nineties. That's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Blew us both away. I gotta say that I never I remember quite as uh, you know contentious as you do. <laughs> I don't think it was contentious. I it's a challenge in a in a more like uh, this fucking guy doesn't even know when no. shit from B fifty twos came out. It was it was like a double dare, cont- it was like an aggro crag type of contentious. Did you take the physical challenge? We're trying to make ourselves better. Did you reach up into a giant nose and pull a flag out? Is yeah. That- Do you guys think that this is my stand-up comedy bit? Um, <laughs> <laughs> the aggro crag was always like weirdly political. Like it was it was always like Israel versus Germany or something. <laughs> yeah, I do like that with the, with the British uh, ref. That's right. Yeah. Mo, Bob is definitely going to be the breakout star of this podcast. <laughs> All right, near number 84, the only song off this very iconic album, another one off YouTube, Beyonce with Hold Up. Oh, we're going to have to, oh, yeah. to a, an ad for Discover first. Uh, we, can we That's skip appropriate. it? This is, go. this is the best song on that album. It is. Yeah, it it formation? is yeah. Isn't Formation the one that people like really flock to, though? I don't know. Fuck people, though. Yeah, Fair. probably. I mean, you know. Hey, people. Like, no exception. Is not made for me. Right, lemonade is like. <laughs> I don't think so. Lemonade is like so specifically <laughs> made for black women and for like. Yes. That, that like for women whose men have cheated on them. Exactly. Yeah, and but it's like I, I think it says something that it transcends to that that I can like really love it. Second father John Misty's uh, mention of this episode. He co-wrote this song with her. No kidding. So did yeah. so did uh, Ezra from uh, from Vampire Weekend. Yes, and uh, also not to the actual song. And yeah. and they gave. Uh, um, Karen O from the AA as a credit right. because they Hold took up, they don't the, love you like I love no. you, right? Like I think the thing that's really special about Beyonce, like recently, more more What's going on here. We're watching. It's the video. It's the from the Lemonade video. I could fast forward. Hold this on. is a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> What's so, happening? We need more talk. Here we go. The world is collapsing around us. Yeah. This is the video where she's just smashing cars with a baseball bat. Right, that's if the best thing. The 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 source of a million great gifts. Yeah, I want to like the thing that I think is special about Beyonce is she has this sort of like unified aesthetic, right? She's not like like as a pop star, she's not moving from song to song between different aesthetics. She's like. It's all part of one whole, especially on something like Lemonade, which is unique for pop stars. I think Beyonce is special in a way, and I think Ari- I, I don't. Ariana Grande is the most famous pop star in the world right now, right? No, it's still Beyonce. It's still Beyonce. I was gonna say that Beyonce could take that crown any time that she wants if she released anything. Well, I, I yeah, wanna, Ariana Grande is in the news more right now. Yeah, but like. Beyonce is still Beyonce. At any moment, Beyonce. I think there's just a testament to how famous Beyonce is that, like, when she surprised dropped an album, she was not the first person to do Like, Radiohead did that with In Rainbows, but it's still called, like, pulling a Beyonce. Like, she, that is her thing now, like, just to release something unannounced. I mean, she's great. Did you guys, were you, did, did you watch Lemonade when it premiered on HBO yes. that night? I, I didn't. I, I did, and it was, like, there were whispers, like, 
it was on like the TV listings that Beyonce had a project on HBO coming up that Sunday or whatever, ten at night, whatever it was, and um, nobody knew what it was. And people kind of thought because of what she did on the last album that it was going to be a surprise album drop. And I remember the collective response to seeing it as it unfolded being like oh shit she's going after jay like she's airing all of their dirty laundry right now well, it also, was amazing to watch that response. i mean I, I think this is a new uh a level of of uh, personal uh you know in in poetry there's confessional poetry like sylvia plath calling ted hughes names and stuff and, and being really uh like personal but there's you know, like bob we get it you're smart Wow. I'm really Ouch. smart, guys. <laughs> I was just articulating the face that Matt made to me. I have like four degrees. I'm smart. No, but Beyonce is uh, like Beyonce, and I think what I said about Ariana Grande earlier, like there's a new era of, of pop stardom that is like confessional. Do you think this album saved their marriage? Oh, I don't know. Man. I think it was saved beforehand, because if you listen to the album, it tells the narrative of them going through all that shit and then like coming out the other side okay i think beyonce is a superior artist to jay-z by fucking miles Uh, yeah yeah well miles go back to either fuck like just like marry brian wilson or some shit (laughs) like what are you doing beyonce marry scott walker the governor of wisconsin (laughs) (laughs) at first i thought you were gonna say scott wyland i'll be honest marry scott wyland he's probably not good at fucking anymore but Right. The next song off Bob's list. <laughs> I love how Joey knows exactly when to stop, Bob. The next song off Bob's list is by a band that Mance hates. Fuck yeah. Dream House by Def Heaven. I don't, I don't Def hate. Heaven. Look, my feelings, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to co-op. Yeah, because yeah, just Joey take it, just take it, baby. Me. I don't hate Def Heaven. I hate Def Heaven's singer. <laughs> if they had a singer who had some sense of melody, and like I've, I get like the intellectual response is like, oh, he captures the fucking chaos and blah 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 blah. No, if you had a singer who was capable of providing some melody, I would love Def Heaven. I just think the singer ruins a great band. Okay, rant over. Yeah, no, I think that's that's uh, bullshit. <laughs> Fuck you. Uh, no, no, I, I intellectually I hear what you're saying. Things getting uh, testy here in the 94th minute. Intellectually, I hear what you're saying. I disagree. Stoppage um, time. I, I think that there's, you know, uh, there's a juxtaposition of melody with noise that is uh, inherent to the sound. It's what makes them special. Um, of course, that's not like normal pop music, and like there is a degree to which they would be a quote-unquote better band. If they were more melodic, because melody is pleasing, um, but I like how confrontational it is, and it's in its anti-music. Ha- I don't know what I'm. You know. This might be the first song that we've played so far that I own on vinyl. If you want to, no kidding. I own this because this album is. I love this album. You'll, you'll really hear the fidelity of the singer's terribleness on vinyl. It really brings it. What out. I like about it is that one of the one of the is al- that him screaming? Is that, like, is yeah. that one of the discs is pink and the other is yellow? So you know, like, like that style of like yeah. singing. I could deal with it if it were like parts of the song and, and like alternated. And on their last album, they had a couple songs that That's had right, him yeah. actually singing, and it was. I, I really got into it. But yeah, this is what they sound like, basically. It's cool artwork. I really wish I liked this album more because of the cover art. There's a visual component going on <laughs> that you're not aware of. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, 
They're also the metal band that people who don't like metal like. There's a hipster element to yeah, it that I want to yeah. avoid. Um, I mean, I like Death Heaven. Speaking of hipsters you want to avoid, Colin Jost was just on the TV <laughs> in an IZOD commercial. <laughs> the next song, Death Cab for Cutie, I Will Follow no, You I Into mean, uh, the Dark. I mean, fuck Bob, this I've interrupted Bob's no, point to make another band. Colin Jost band. I fucking hate Death Cab for Cutie. Oh, fuck ben you. Ben Gibbard is just a walking womb fart of a person. <laughs> Uh, a what? A womb fart. Is that a real thing? I don't know. Google it, man. Babies fart in the womb. <laughs> it's a thing that happens. He's Googling it right now. He's trying to prove me wrong no, because he's a lawyer. <laughs> they poop. He's Glenn no, Graham. This is, this is they poop? It can happen. They're, they're, pee, they're, poop. They're, they're definitely pee. Death, death Cab uh, has a Freddie Mercury thing with this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what, right what are you doing? <laughs> Uh, no, they're, they're a good band. Yeah, this is a great song. This is your song, right? Yeah, I think. Gonna <laughs> <laughs> say shit. Bob, I'm next, defending the band. Bob's next Bob song. Does. No, fuck this band. This song, this song rules because it's like uh, you know, it's dealing with complicated things like death, um, and uh, I think it's like the, definitely the peak of Ben Gibbard's songwriting. And I also think it's the song that like, if this is the song of Death Cab for Cutie that you like, you're a douchebag. And this is the song by Death Cab for Cutie that I like. <laughs> so I guess this is my coming out party. Uh, I am a I'm a douchebag. You, uh, that 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 coming out party was when you uh, compared Hot Hot Heat to uh, Thirty Rock. That was Matt. Matt that was your Hot douche, Hot Heat to that was your Rock. douchebag moment. Well, you did it. I just I just <laughs> clarified what you were saying. <laughs> They've got Jack McBrayer. <laughs> They've got Alec Baldwin. The next song is a song I love, Boyfriend by Best Coast. Yeah, this song rules. You guys like Best Coast? Isn't, isn't Best Coast to tie your list together? I like this song. Isn't Best Coast uh, the, the Bethany, the singer, dating? Bethany, Bethany the, Cosentino. Yeah, wasn't she or isn't she dating the guy from Waves? Oh, I don't know. I that think sounds that's, about right, though. I think that's true. That's like some real, like, uh, uh, Justine, whatever her name is, dating Damon from Blur. Like, two people from the same, like, circle of people. So this was a thing at this time, right? A lot of like indie yeah. dream rock yeah. bands were coming out of like Southern California. Yep. That was a hotbed of, of it's like a music surf, for a while. It's like surf rocky, but maybe a little more echoey and psychedelic. Yeah, and all with names related to where they come, like the beach. That's right, yeah. Yeah, all names related to the beach. Well, like yeah. real estate Be- was like fossils. that too, but those fucking guys are from New Jersey. Yes. Although Correct. Like, yeah. You know, Isn't Beach House is a little darker than this shit, though, right? Yeah, yes. Beach House is a little bit more dreamy. I don't know where they're from. Well, they're from probably some place that has a beach. (laughs) Minnesota. (laughs) They're fucking posers. It's a uh, lake beach, still beach, still sand, ain't there? I'm going on record by saying that I don't, I don't think lake beaches are real beaches, and Beach House is a bunch of posers. They're a bunch of Minnesota posers. There's a cute cat on the album cover, though. So that's a cute on the Beach House album. Not a fan. I don't. I, I don't know what. I know. I don't know what you're talking about. All right, Matt. Your number eighty-five song, "Washed Out." Feel it all. Yeah, around. this is the same thing. The reason yeah. this is on here is I oh, like that it's Portlandia, song, yeah. right? and the way that they use it as like it's short. I, I like. I think it's funny the way they get edited, kind of funny, but more so because talking about how all that shit sounded similar. That's just what it was. Everywhere I went, it just it, this is one of the. This is the first like very personal song that I'm putting on here, just because of what it does to my nostalgia trigger. When I first right heard this college, song, going and just fucking around. When I first heard the song as a song and not as a Portlandia theme, like my brain broke a little bit because I just 
I'd never heard it before that, and yeah. I'd seen seven or eight seasons of Portlandia, whatever that ran for. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is like a song that like actually was a song. It works better as a theme song to Portlandia than it But it's a great it's theme song. It's long and boring. It doesn't do anything other than this. Yeah. Number 84, American Guilt, Unknown Mortal Orchestra. This song's from this year, right? Or was it from last year? This is from this year. That's from this year. Yeah, this was the this was the song I heard early in the year. I saw these guys at Johnny Brandon's a couple years ago, and I got the first album, and I loved the first album. I didn't like the second album at all. It was too like, disco-y for me. Like, oh, I, I like both. Got away from doing weird guitar shit. And then I heard this song. It was right around like it was the beginning of the year, right? So yeah, it was. It was where were we in January? Anyway, the concept <laughs> of like, oh no, here comes the American guilt seemed like a really good just like. Shut everybody! Like everyone, shut up for a second. Like I, I, I like that message of it, and it's, a, it's a cool song. Number eighty-three, Saturday's song by Hiss Golden Messenger. Yes, yeah, this span of five is exactly what I'm talking about. Where I'm uncomfortable with the ranking of these songs. Like <laughs> it's just a really weird <laughs> run of five songs that, like, I'm I like. I'm not crazy. About but them. you're confident. Like you, you like the fifty songs. You just don't know the order. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Or maybe I don't, like maybe they're I don't know. Or not even. I feel that way about my last because my last five songs I didn't I don't feel really any personal connection. Yeah. Really. This is this is my making pancakes for the family in the morning music because this is just the most fucking dad music yeah. that you could possibly listen to. I feel like such a like public radio donating fucking guy that I am drinking my coffee out of an NPR mug. Like I just feel like such a caricature, and this mu- this music is like the soundtrack to that and. For the record, I love being that. What uh, what album is this? Aww. I've listened latest to of this dancers. is yeah, the latest okay. of dancers. I've heard a couple of his albums, but I don't know this one. Yeah, it's just nice. Yeah. Are you gonna get to the vocals anytime soon? <laughs> oh, <laughs> like I cued him up. <laughs> I cued him up. To meet cute. Uh, is this one guy or is this like a group? Like, is his golden messenger like a pseudonym for one I guy? Am. Yeah, I don't know, and I don't understand why it's his golden messenger. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I would really prefer if Put it the wasn't. hat on a hat, you know. <laughs> prefer, yeah, yeah, yeah. Number eighty-two, the magician by Andy Sheaf. Andy Schaff. So, so I've po- I've told Andy you guys Schaff. about this right, guy. Yeah. This was by far, in a way, my favorite album of last year. Still, my favorite album I've heard since then. Um, he's a Saskatchewan like bedroom folk singer and he's got a, a really weird voice and it's like a weird accent that it suits the music but but this is so nicely put together it's so lush and relaxing and it has mm, a weird like i like that it has a weird like steely dan quality yeah. but uh yeah we 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 saw him at Philomoka a couple weeks ago just by himself because he toured on support of this album with full orchestration and everything and it was probably great and this was just him as as a solo guy and uh, he reinforced what a good songwriter he is and and captivating performer good guitar player well this is his voice yeah this is nice I like this Andy Schaff did you say it was probably great what I don't know. I thought you said it was probably great, even though you were at the concert. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. The, like, the, he, 
he toured on this album with full like oh, you, which you did not see stage you thing. Didn't I didn't see that. I oh, saw okay. him. All right, all right. I saw him just with a guitar, and like it was cool to compare. You know, see how someone can strip down yeah, something right. that's oh, pretty right, lush, and how it, like how it comes across live. Just solidified that like yeah, it's a fucking good ass song, and it's and it's produced really well. They're both like two separate great components. He straddles two lists for you, I think. What do you mean? Wasn't he on your eighty to ninety nine list? No. <laughs> okay. But we talked. I feel like we talked about we must it on have. the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We must have because I. Oh, because Ellie Smith. And I said, okay, like, if you yeah, like Ellie right. Smith, you. Because you were talking about the house party thing. His his house party song. That's yeah. right. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. speaking of good songs, let's talk for a second about the greatest song. I can't believe I'm going the greatest out. by R. Kelly. I can't believe I'm going out on this one. No, we talked about it earlier accidentally. Jack Black and Kyle Gass, yeah, Tenacious D Look. tribute. Look, <laughs> the last song of the episode. I asked Matt if you remember. Do you if remember? You didn't think that Trump tweet was a good joke. I don't know that you're going to think this song is a good joke, but I think this is the best this is song best that is a joke. Man, so you remember when we were in Scotland? Far. We were at that bar that we That's went to joke. every night. Every night we went to the same bar, and I mean, it was the, the whole idea of how good the song is. And then it's two different conversations. And then on. the fucking just the line that it's that it's like ex- the line that explains the title of the song is the funniest joke I've ever heard in a song. <laughs> there was that American bar that we went to where they had a karaoke the one night. See, I knew the song was going to get no yeah, respect. We, no, we, we. I love this song. I'm with you. I'm with we you. We used to we used to drive around my singing man. this album. I tell you, my man. <laughs> what the fuck is that? There was a what? I promise I will never do that again. Now, Chris, this is my buddy I was telling you about. We bonded over Tenacious D. Yeah, I'm telling you, he's a good dude. He's a good dude. He's gonna sleep with a, 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 on our couch for a couple couple weeks. Is that cool? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, good fucking name, man. We're listening to D all night, every night. Just so happened to be. Nah, this song fucking kicks ass. Dave, Dave Grohl on it. Yep. yep. Well, we said Dave Grohl. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> My man. <laughs> I just say that this song is global appeal. That we were in Scotland, we saw a Scottish guy sing this to karaoke. I don't remember that. This it was great. And, and listen, if you don't think Jack Black is one of the best living singers we've yeah, got yeah, in yeah. popular he's, music, he's very talented. To tell you, we used to we used to drive around, probably right in college, right after high school, and we would play this album and just drive around singing along with this album. There was a moment. They had a moment. Do you think he's better or worse than Justin Hawkins from The Darkness? Jack I think Black? he's a million times better. As a singer? Yeah. He's better. A, a four million times better. Because, because like... He could do... I mean, do you see the end of High Fidelity? Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, he could uh, sing. Uh, Mary Jive in the Uptown Five. Yeah. You know you know how, like, Norm MacDonald uh, like, was talking all this shit about Alec Baldwin's uh, Trump impression? Yeah, yeah it's, it's good shit. It's it's good, yeah, that's right. a good amount of shit to talk. Because he's... because and, But he breaks it down by saying, like, you have to like what you're parodying, otherwise it just it's, yeah. it's bad comedy, and that's why that shit isn't funny because there's it's just some guy whining and mocking somebody. It's not a it's not like a loving homage, and like that's what this is. Like the way Jack Black sings, he just also have it's kind of like Aaron Freeman in a way. Like he has a vocal register and a way of like pronouncing things and, and projecting his voice. And like, you think that like, you can either think that's funny or not, but I think it, like it's. There's a certain like, talent in there. If you haven't listened to Tenacious D, what I recommend before I heard the album, I listened to the complete masterworks. They're like their live recording they put out, and like the live songs take on an entire other 
level of entertainment. Like they're just so good. I saw them live. I didn't like it live, but like I like the live recordings that they put out. The, the complete masterworks. I feel like I may have told the Tenacious D Bonnaroo story on this podcast already, but in case I haven't, we went and saw Bonnaroo. We went to Bonnaroo one year, and Tenacious D was playing in the middle of the day on a kind of empty field, and they were playing that song "Fuck Her Gently," a gentle song, just a graphically describing having sex. And there was a seven-year-old boy sitting, standing, ten feet in front of where I was sitting, with no shirt on, gyrating <laughs> while that song was playing. Seven-year-old like boy. Whatever's going on. I fucking thread, I don't didn't like it. like it either. It was horrible. <laughs> I, was, I, 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 I like I didn't. I was trying to just listen to the song and to have a little boy dancing in front of you slowly. We've all been there. We've all been there. Have we? Seems like a very specific experience. Remember that kid is? I hope, I, hope, I, hope he's, I hope he's happy. I hope he's listening to How old to would he podcast. be now? 17. 17. Hmm. This, he's probably he's driving. He's probably telling the same story on his own podcast. There was this creepy <laughs> old man you. watching me gyrate to fuck her gently by Tenacious <laughs> D. Tell his social worker what, what happened. <laughs> so is, that, is that it? Is that everyone? That'll do it let's for the first about, episode. Let's talk about the Patreon and what we can do to Patreon.com slash Cage Club. Okay. So for this all, is also, for the record, by far the longest episode we've done of the show. Really? This is, we're an hour 48 in. We thought it was going to be like short. we're breezing. Look, I want to say, if you donate $100, one of the th- four of us will show up at your house smelling of gin or, or whiskey and fall asleep on your couch. That's one. $100, you can have that happen anywhere in the contiguous United States. Um, well, you have to, you'd have to pay for the plane fare if you want us to go. Plus $100. Let's yeah, throw plus, Quebec in there. Plus, and Quebec. Yeah. Quebec. Cool Canada. It's, e- uh, it's yeah, the cool part of Canada. Um, closest part of Canada. What, yeah. Do you guys have any other uh, anything else that you'll do for money? Can they cover the alcohol as part of the the gin that you smell? It like should be a hundred after expenses. A hundred after expenses. We'll provide receipts. We'll provide receipts. <laughs> if you that that was my main my main contribution. A hundred dollars for that, and then we'd split it. If you spend twenty five bucks, you spend a hundred dollars. Bob will also compare more bands to TV shows for you. Oh yeah, I can do that for hours. Name a band. No. <laughs> do not name a band. Uh, name a band. Let's keep this going. Let's filibuster it. Joey, we need to wrap this up. Joey, do not I need name to get a band. Right. Dela De La Soul is clearly the <laughs> WKRP Cincinnati. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you next roll. time or on Tub Talk, music. where we count down songs <laughs> oh, 80 to 61 on the 2000-2018 list. See you guys then. Bye. <laughs>